This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, Hopeland Church? Here we go. We are about to dive into the Word of God. We praise. All right, we got a couple more um, sermons to go for the month, but here is number three. Um, we praise, and so let's do this. I hope you enjoyed worship. Um, I'm stoked to be here preaching the Word of God to you. You're gonna you're gonna learn something about praise today. I believe this is gonna encourage you to give God praise all the more, to be that much more of a worshiper, okay? So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray you speak to us. We pray that we are changed. God, we don't need to be the same, God. We're, 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 we're sick and tired of being the same in every area, or maybe, God, even in certain particular areas. God, we need you. We wanna be more like you and we desire to be changed by your word today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and everybody said amen. Okay, here we go. Let's jump right in, guys. All right, Psalm 115, verse one. Psalm 115, verse one, and it reads, um, not unto us. That's kind of the theme today. You're gonna, uh, as we, as we uh, go through the word today, uh, but not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, say twice, not unto us, but to your name give glory because of your mercy, because of your truth, not unto us. And so we are jumping right in, okay, today, but here it is. First point is this, is praise is not about us, okay? Praise is not about us. I know we go to church, we go to a gathering, we're like, man, the worship was awesome. And um, we all understand that, that God ministers to us when we worship, but um, I really want God to say that after we gather, you know? Isn't that what we want God to hear? Oh, the worship was awesome. Why? Because worship isn't for us. It's not to us, for us. It is through us and it is for God. So not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory because of your mercy, because of your truth. Praise is not about us, okay? Um, I know we know this, but let's, let's be reminded when we talk about worship, this is what it is. It is about God. It is for him. It is unto him. And uh, that this is what we were created to do. Okay, that's why we, we, we call the name of this series, We Praise. Okay, so, and, and, and even many times, um, even in the church, which I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing, but um, I think when we talk about worship, it puts everything else in perspective. And even in the, the, the so many books and all this stuff, like we hear a lot about our identity in God. And amen, okay? That is, that is something we need to know. But, but, I, but I believe if we would become more worshipers, um, we would be more settled in who we are in him. You know, uh, because really identity, meaning divine identity, our identity in Christ is a secondary consequence of who God is, right? It's, it's a secondary consequence, like in the rhythm of our Christian life, knowing who I am 
is a secondary consequence of worship. Okay, I, I heard a prayer say, uh, sorry, I heard a preacher say it this way. You, you can't tell God who he is and he not tell you who you are. Okay, and so we, we preach and teach a lot about identity, which is important and has its place. But I think we need to teach about worship because if we worship, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to know who we are. I mean, we, we need to learn in the word. We need to understand the theology around who we are in Christ. Yes and amen. But Bible knowledge absent of a heart of worship will create pride, religion, all kind of stuff, right? J Jesus told the Pharisees, you search the scriptures and you think in them you have life and you don't. And so, man, they, they, were, they were studious, but they were not worshipers. Can I get an amen, somebody? So identity is a secondary consequence of worship. And so, so um, you know, and, and even, even we talk more like, look, I'm a pastor. I know what I'm talking about here. But we talk more about our services and how we do church and the way we do our services. And I, I'm, I know all that is part of doing what I do as a pastor. Um, but, and you know, and um, it's like we talk more about how we do church at times in pastor's circles the way things are going, what we're doing. And, and I believe that has its place, but, but, but we should never talk about how we do church um, at the expense of not talking about God himself. Can I get an amen in the building today? All right? We talk more about the preachers we like. You know what I'm saying? The sneakers they wear than the God that we serve. Somebody say worship. All right. Worship is not about us. Praise is not about us. It's not about our church. It's not about how we do church. It's not about our brand church. It's about who God is. Somebody say worship. All right, I like to say it like that. Worship. Okay, so uh, look, let's look at this real quick. Job chapter one, verse 20. Job had himself a bad week, bad day, bad couple days, bad few days, whatever, however long that period was. Read Job chapter one. Job chapter one, verse 20 says, then God, then Job arose. He pretty much lost everything. Then Job arose, tore his robe and shaved his head and he fell to the ground and worshiped. He fell to the ground and the man worshiped. Somebody say it with me, say worship is not about me. Say it with me, say praise is not about us. And so we must come to this. I think I've said this a few times, but I'm gonna make it an official point today in this sermon. But we church must settle the issue of worship. Let's just settle, like this is what life is about. It's what the Christian life is about. It's what my personal pursuit of God is about. It is what my very existence is about. It's what the breath in my lungs is about. It is the absolute why to the human experience and existence. It is worship. Let everything, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Say it with me. Say this with me, folks. Say, we must.
settle the issue of worship. Matthew chapter four, verse eight to 11. Matthew four, verse eight to 11. Jesus tempted in the wilderness, 40 days and 40 nights. He's at the tail end of that experience. Verse eight, this is um, Matthew's account of this. It is also in Luke. Uh, again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Somebody say this with me, say worship over influence. All right. Wor somebody say worship over acquisition of assets. Come on now. Verse nine, let me read it again. This is, this is the devil tempting our savior. And this is what he tempted him with. All these things. Took him on high mount. Check this out. The kingdoms of the world and their glory, power, influence, prestige, resources, right? And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Verse 10, then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Come on now, he quoted one of the 10 commandments there. Verse 11, then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Jesus had to settle the issue of worship. When he walked the earth as a God man, all right? As a God man, uh, he settled the issue of worship, all right? So uh, worship is the answer to all temptation. All temptation, all temptation is, is pointing to getting you to worship any other person, place, or thing that is not God, all right? Temptation is dealt with when worship is settled. Somebody say amen. Settled, he had to go. Devil had to go then. Angels came and ministered to him. All right, all of sin in some way is the choice to not worship God. It is, a, it is the choice. It is the, whether we knowingly or unknowingly, sin of omission or sin of commission, right? Whether we are willfully doing it and or even maybe in ignorance and in being deceived, either regardless, Sin in and of itself is the choosing to not worship God in some aspect, in some moment, or area of our life. We're saying, no, right? I'm not going to worship God. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what I feel like doing, okay? I'm, I'm going to do, you know, um, that's the, that is the whole scheme and ploy of the enemy is to get you to not worship. And he will tempt you with things to get your attention, to get you out of a place of being who you were truly created to be, which is a worshiper and somebody that would choose to give God praise, okay? And so, man, uh, Jesus himself, okay? He, he settled the issue of worship, okay? And so I want to challenge you today that you would choose, I choose to worship. Job had a choice and 
In that moment, we know Job's journey was bumpy all the way through Job. His friends, his struggles, his questioning, his doubt, like he went through it. But in that moment, he chose to worship. My goodness, right? Through success or failure, we must choose to worship. And this brings this brings me to my next point here, folks, is, is, is praise brings proper perspective to life, okay? Praise brings po- proper perspective to life, okay? So, so th- this, it, 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 it helps us, okay? Now, praise and worship is for God, but praise and worship, it helps us, okay? It keeps us. Like, you know, the, the very sacred act of worship does something, it keeps us. It, it keeps us in the will of God. Can I get an amen, somebody? It keeps us humble before God. It keeps us in the presence of God. It keeps us like, you know, it's an act of just obedience. It's, it's, there is so much in this very act, this choice to worship, to give God praise that, that it does for our spiritual life. Okay, and so what do I mean by this? So meaning the act and and the very attitude of worship keeps our focus off of us and on God. I'm gonna say that again. The, the, The act, the attitude, the posture of worship keeps our focus off of us and on God. Worship aligns us, right? Um, it does, it, 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 and, and, and I'm sure we could, if we were in an environment here where we could kind of talk about this, right? If we were like in a little Bible study right now and we were able to dialogue, I guarantee you people that are, that are listening to this or, or watch this right now, we go around and we say, yeah, I remember this one time I was, you know, feeling this kind of way or, or something was going on in my life and I worshiped, I put on my that song, that my, maybe one of your favorite worship songs, you just put on it. It was in your car or you started to sing. It could be anywhere, doing the dishes or just maybe in your prayer time. Maybe it was a service. Maybe, you, you know, whatever it is. But that moment of worship just aligned you, got you back in alignment. You, you, you were maybe felt a little fragmented, disoriented, confused, troubled, in fear, whatever that comes with the various emotions that come with living in this world, right? Um, and it aligns us. There's God's presence. It's it's sacred. You got to understand that worship is truly holy ground. Praise and 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 and, and not all, not just song, but maybe something. You maybe your your act of obedience. God is leading you in a direction, leading you to reach out to somebody, leading you to minister to somebody, and that. Act of obedience was actually an act of worship and a praise to God, and it just aligned you with with God, and and you, and you got centered back on Christ again, right? Can I get an amen, somebody? So 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 praise brings proper perspective, it, meaning it aligns us correctly, okay? Because this world, man, and the devil, and our flesh, and and the and the and the waywardness of our soul at times. Man, we, we need God. And one way we approach him and, and, and access him is through worship, 
all right? It is through worship. So here we go. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit from my notes here. So, so we in our humanity can have an unhealthy focus on our humanity. Can I get an amen, somebody? Right? And so, so just by our nature, our, our fallen nature, our in our human humanity, our flesh, we, we have a propensity to focus on natural things, on people, on ourselves. How many people are in obedience now because they're so focused on their own weakness and ability and quote unquote lack of gifting, they're not really obeying what God has gifted them to do. And, and, it's, and it could be disguised and masked as, 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 a, as, a, as a, it's like this false humility. And really it's disobedience and it is a lack of worship in somebody's life, right? And so, so the, the unhealthy focus on people, places and things can lead us out of God's presence, out of worship, into sin. Somebody needs to say amen out there. All right? And so what, what is it? So, so there is results of not worshiping, right? There, there, there's a result of not giving God praise. Like we, if we aren't worshiping, if we are not giving God praise and, 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 and willfully and, and there's times where, man, you, there is no fight to worship. You're just like, man, I just want to, I, just, I enjoy to worship, right? I enjoy to give God praise. And, 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 and I understand, I'm not saying it's always a fight to worship, but if we don't worship, if we aren't giving God praise, we are gonna open up the door to sin in our life. So what, what are, what are some, uh, open, I mean, all kind of open doors, but what are some, what, what, this is why worship is so important because at the end of the day, nothing else matters as much as God, right? Not unto us, but unto him give glory, right? So it, it, it opens the door. And so what are some things? Idolatry, idolatry in our life. Why? It's the exact opposite of worship. What is idolatry? It's the worship of the icon. It's the icon. It's, it's, it's idolatry's two words. It means icon worship. And icon is created. So it's to worship what is created instead of what is God. And so what, you know, instead of worship of God, right? So uh, we, we must choose to worship and take our focus off of everything else, even good things in life, when we focus on them and put all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength in them over God, we are in idolatry, folks. This is, we are now worshiping the icon. We are worshiping creation rather than the creator. What's another thing that this opens us up to when we, when we are just, going through life and we are not worshiping. We, why? Because we're created to worship. So if we're not going to worship God, I'm telling you, in our humanity, we will worship something, right? And so what does it open it up, up to? When, when, you know, what, what, if somebody isn't worshiping God, what's it open them up to? Humanism, okay? And I'm just going to give you the, the definition of humanism. This is the literal definition. 
An outlook or system of thought attaching prime importance. Somebody say prime importance. To human rather than divine or supernatural matters. Okay? So that is humanism in and of itself is idolatry. Okay? Next, what else? Selfishness. Okay? All right? So what does that mean? Um, this is the literal definition of selfishness. Okay? Um, Google's definition. Uh, concerned chiefly with one's own personal profit or pl pleasure. Do you understand the language here with humanism and selfishness? Humanism, prime importance. Right? Um, selfishness. Concerned chiefly. Do you understand? When Jesus was tempted by the devil, you know, worship the Lord your God in him only shall I serve. Right? Opens us up. We've all dealt with this. We, we, we will continue at, in our humanity and in our journey with God to fight this stuff. Right? And worship, I'm telling you, is the remedy. Come on now. All right, what, what's another thing that, that with our focus isn't on God, isn't on God. If we don't have this daily focus on God, that's why the scripture says looking unto Jesus. Looking means setting our gaze. Like, you know, that, that this, is, this is an extreme focus on God. Okay, and so uh, what is it? What's another one we open ourselves up to if we're not focusing on God? We will become victims and spiritually speaking, of our success and or failure, okay? So here, let me read this from my notes. Many people can get so consumed with success or so consumed with failure, okay, that, that these things um, begin to actually become the objects of our worship, okay? And I can, I can testify to this that in the history of even my walk with God at times, if I feel that I have failed or have had a moment, a situation of failure, I can get so troubled by my failure that in looking back, hindsight would say, man, I was actually worshiping my failure. I was consumed. My, I had, it was, it, I was self-consumed. I'm not saying we don't feel broken. I'm not saying we don't go through things. But at the end of the day, um, we must worship. Okay, the only way, the only way, folks, out of the depravity of this world is to know God and love him, a.k.a. worship. All right, Psalm 148, 13. Here we go. Psalm 148, verse 13 and 14. I'm going to read this quickly. Let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted. Somebody say worship, right? His glory is above the earth and heaven, verse 14. And he has exalted the horn of his people or the authority of his people. Horn is a representation in the scripture of authority, of strength, okay? And so look at that. God is not opposed to us rising up in success and getting influence, right? But never at the expense of our worship and praise unto him. Can I get an amen somebody? All right. Verse 14 again, and he has exalted the horn of his people, right? The praise of all his saints, of the children of Israel, a people near to him, praise the Lord. 
All right, two points. I'm gonna I'm gonna say these quickly. Uh, we don't praise how we want. Okay, I'm gonna talk about this. We don't praise how we want. We praise how He wants. Yes, Lord. Some people are like, man, you know, this is just how I do it. And I understand we are all uniquely different in so many ways. But I believe with all of my heart, the Holy Scripture and the Scripture prescribes worship. Okay? This is in the book, right? This is in the book. And many times God's prescription will make us uncomfortable. At times, it will challenge our flesh. It will challenge our comfort zone. It will challenge maybe even our own, what we're used to as far as how we grew up in church. Well, I didn't praise like that when I was in church as a kid or, you know, like that's a little bit much for me, right? But but the Bible is full of, of, of narratives and principle of worship that will go against the grain of our religious experience, our cultural background, and our issues. Somebody say amen, right? And so sometimes we'll say things like this, okay? You know, I, I don't like lifting my hands. You know, it's just, a, you know, it's not my thing, but, but that is in the Bible, right? It's in the Bible. Okay, is that the only way to worship? Does that mean that everybody that's lifting their hands is really genuinely worshiping God? No, we're not, we can't be the judge of people's hearts, but the scripture, man, it's, that's what it says. It's in the New Testament and it's in the Old Testament, right? Lifting up our hands. It's, 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 a, it's an expression of worship and praise. You know, some people are like, you know, I'm not, I'm not too much of a shouter. You know, I'm not much of a, and you, maybe you're not, maybe you're not. Um, you know, and, and this isn't about a personality, like, like this isn't just about a louder type of person, but the scripture is very clear, very from, from Genesis to Revelation, they're shouting in some way. Somebody say amen. Okay. Sometimes people say, you know what? I, I like to pray quietly in my mind and yes and amen to that, but that's not the only type of prayer. It's not the only type of worship, Right. You know, um, you know, and some people are like, man, I'm not trying to leap or dance. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and, 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 um, but the scripture, we, we, we don't worship just how we want. Worship, as we said before, is not about us. It's about God. So what is, how is God leading you in worship to him? Not, you know, it's just not what I'm comfortable with, you know? Well, what does the Bible say, folks? You know, or some people are like, yeah, man, I'm not trying to get down on my knees. Well, that's that's all over the book, right? Um, or sometimes we're like, man, I need, I need music, you know? And, and there may be times where God just wants to hear your voice. And uh, sometimes we, I think we have an overemphasis on like, too, you know, like in our hyper-production church world, it's like, man, I need an atmosphere. And so atmospheres almost become like, it's like this ambiance of sorts. And the Bible says to praise God among the heathen. Ain't no atmosphere. Somebody say, man, look at the book of Acts. 
There's no atmosphere. Now, I understand um, that when we gather in God's presence, that is an atmosphere, but, but where in the Bible does it say we need an atmosphere to give God praise? Where does it say in the Bible where you need like a certain lighting just does it just right? You know, I need a smoke machine or something. Uh, you know, um, worship is about God and it's about our heart, our love, our adoration being expressed to him. Somebody say amen. And so it's also, you know, why do we organize? Think about this. We're talking about worship. Why do we organize our churches around how it appeals to people instead of asking God, God, what do you like? What do you like, God? Why, why, is, it, why is it for people? And now I understand we are ministering to people. So I understand the tension, okay? But when we talk about worship, it is about him, all right? It is what he has prescribed. And the Bible's clear about certain ways we worship, right? But also, we gotta be sensitive to the Holy Spirit enough to know what he's desiring of us in a moment, in a season. Like, what, how is God desiring to hear from us, right? And so, that is a part of worship. It is what God has instructed or is leading you in, in a certain expression or, or, or approach to worship, right? And so look at this, Joshua chapter 11, verse 15. Joshua 11, verse 15. It says, as the Lord had commanded Moses his servant, so Moses commanded Joshua, and so Joshua did. He left nothing undone. This is concerning the conquest of the land of Canaan, right? He left nothing undone of all that the Lord had commanded Moses. So Joshua following through with what God said is an act of worship. The Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice, that, that when God speaks and leads and we move and we obey, we follow through, that is worship, all right? So it is what God desires. We must settle the issue of worship. In theological terms, doxology is theology. Uh, meaning doxology, the study, doxa, the study of glory, the study of the value of God, worship, the study of God's worth. Doxology is theology, the study of God. Why? Because right worship, you know, is right belief. And so we, if we get our worship right, everything else is going to fall into place. If we focus on God just right, everything else is gonna fall into place, folks. So, so gathering at church is not about attending church, it's about worship, right? Um, generosity in the local church context isn't about giving to a church because you like the church and you believe and trust the vision and leadership. Although that is 
comes into play, right? Of course. But you know what it's really about? Worship. It's what it is. It's worship. So worship isn't about music. Music is a vehicle by which we worship, but it's not worship in and of itself because there's all kind of music out there, but it ain't worship, right? So this is why it's very important to know the scriptures, why theology matters. Why? Because theology influences who and how we worship, right? And so that's why Mormon worship is inadequate because their theology is inaccurate. Their view of Jesus is not correct, that he is 100% God, 100% man. He is begotten, not made in the beginning, always was and created all things. Their theology concerning Jesus, the Christ, is inaccurate. Therefore, their worship is inadequate. Somebody needs to say amen. Okay, I'm not just picking on the Mormons here. I'm just saying that this is why theology matters. If our, I'll say it again. If our theology is inaccurate of who Jesus is, if our Christology is off, it's wrong, then our worship is inadequate. Somebody say amen because worship is the worship of God the one true, only living God, right? And, and heresy is a lie. Heresy is simply they, the wrong view of God, all right? The early church established this thousands of years ago. Who is Christ? Who is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Settled it, all right? Settled it. Hallelujah, it's worship, okay? We are not coming to a God we've created. We aren't coming to a prophet, just a prophet. We're not coming to just an influential um, first century leader. We are coming to Jesus, the son of God. He is the preeminent one and he was before all things and in him all things consist. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord of those on the earth in heaven and under the earth. Somebody say amen. In the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God. That's why the Jehovah's Witness religion, that their worship is inadequate. Why? Because they do not believe Jesus is God. They change that verse. So if their view of Christ is wrong, their worship is wrong. So our view of God must be just that. He is God. There is no other. Therefore, I worship him. All right. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. All right. We're going to close with this verse. And so as I said, what I just said, um, just concerning right worship, right worship equals right belief, right belief of who he is brings us to right worship. Doxology is orthodoxy, Right. And so this is what our life is about. And so let's just look at a snapshot of the early church, okay? In, in Acts chapter 19, verse 23 and 28, you can see where they, they, they settled the issue of worship in, in this particular city of Ephesus. They settled it. They got into trouble for it, but they were okay with that because they refused to worship any other pagan god. They refused to worship anything made with human hands. We worship not creation, but the creator. Somebody needs to say amen today. 
So Acts 19, verse 23, I'm going to read to verse 23 to verse 28. Here we go. We'll go quickly. And about that time, there, there arose a great commotion about the way. What's the way, capital W. Jesus is the only way. We called it the way. We're on the way. Okay, verse 24. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, who made silver shrines of Diana. Okay, so there's the temple in Ephesus to the goddess Diana or uh, Romans and Greeks called her different name, but same God, same devil, different name. Somebody say amen. What, what they called him Diana and then the others called this goddess, lowercase g, Artemis, okay? So uh, silver shrines of Diana brought no small profit to the craftsmen. Man, they were just making money. They were basically um, capitalizing on idolatry um, because humanity's created to worship. And if we have no revelation of Christ, we end up worshiping something else. And so they saw it as profit. They could profit and they were profiting. Okay, so verse 25, he called them together with the workers of similar occupation. Got the industry together. Okay, the industry, the, the, the economic engine, part of the economic engine of Ephesus, which is a coastal city, Asia Minor, metropolitan area, very influential city. It was a very strategic city for the early church. He says, men, you know that we have our prosperity by this trade. Verse 26, moreover, you see and hear that, that not only in Ephesus, but throughout almost all Asia. So the influence of the church and Christ was spreading. People were getting delivered of demons, getting healed, getting saved, and leaving their idolatry. They began to settle the issue of worship. Okay? In all Asia, verse, this is in verse 26. Acts 19, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people. This is what he said to them. Paul said that they are not gods which are made with hands. They are not gods, which y'all are doing. The homie over here, Demetrius, the silversmith, what he's making is not a god. It's not a god. It's made with human hands. It's not a God. It's not worthy of worship. It's no worth. Verse 27. So not only is this trade of ours in danger of falling into disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana may be despised and her magnificence destroyed. Somebody say this with me. Say, settle the issue of worship whom all Asia and the world worship. Verse 28. Now, when they heard this, they were full of wrath and cried out saying, great is Diana of the Ephesians and actually a riot ensued. Okay, so, so worship in the early church actually disrupted the economy uh, because in, in early Roman world or ancient world, uh, the, the literal economy, was was what what part of that engine? It was idolatry was in the economy. It was in the economy. It's it's just it it touched everything. And so here come the Christians defining true worship and experiencing true life change as a result of settling this whole 
issue of worship. Once again, folks, we don't praise how we want. We praise how he wants. Father, I thank you for the ministry of your word today. And I pray you continue your work in all of us that we truly would be in every aspect, genuine worshipers of Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.